I tricked Maya into listening to her first Beats Ryan Times episode last <laughs> what, night. What did she think? She liked. She liked it a lot. She was laughing. <laughs> Which episode? The scene Rob's, studio one. Once yeah. with Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I had to like listen to it to do the notes, and so I was like upstairs. We were in our little like uh, TV nook. I just took the liberty of playing it out loud. It works. Does that count as growth hacking? I growth hacked her. I natively growth hacked at least one. You have your your homework is to natively growth hack at least one actual flat, flesh human every week. Meat pile, at least one. One meat pile. pile. Fuck, that's right. Yes, you need to add a corpse to your meat pile every week. That's how we'll. That's how we're going to grow our meat pile this week. Hello, and welcome back to Beats, Rye, and Types, your favorite podcast about food, computers, and music. This is your host, MRB, and I'm here with AQ. What up? How's it going, partner? Good. It's going pretty good. Good. Uh, you are listening to, or if I know Aaron well enough, um, this song has just faded out now. <laughs> It was Charlemagne Palestine's strumming music, which is a really interesting uh, piece of music that is essentially called contemporary classical music because of who played it, and I guess that it's composed. Um, but it's a piece that um, the performer Charlemagne Palestine has performed a few times. I will uh, try to play you the original 1972 Shandar recording of that, but it might be the more modern Sona Ben Gallery recording, depending on what I can find. Tidbit that uh, the original recording on Shandar, Shandar is one of my favorite record labels of all time. Uh, they released the uh, Terry Riley album, Persian Surgery Dervishes, which is one of my all-time favorite pieces of music um, that I need to choose as intro music one day just because I have to. It's one of my all-time favorites. And I named my son's middle name Riley after Terry Riley um, because of the impact that that album had on me and my wife's brains. Um, <laughs> Aaron uh, came up with a good subject for, the, for our podcast this week. So why don't you intro us into that? Talk, tell me about it. Let's yeah, about so... It. so- we are in the process of working on Project Pizza Book, and the project has been a long time coming, and one of the ways we've been working on it is kind of writing out like sketches of little pieces that we've wanted to add to the book, like little asides besides the main recipe and the other recipes. And one of the asides that I started writing and I've been like kind of working on back and forth over the past couple of months and is constantly coming back to me is this idea of failure being an important ingredient in any learning experience, basically. And specifically, I think we talked a little bit about this before, but with like baking for me, that's been probably the most visceral version of failure that I've ever experienced to the point where it's just, 
you're you make something and you spend a lot of effort into it and it's not something like programming necessarily or other art forms where uh it might take a little while for you to realize your failure when you fail at baking it's pretty obvious right away there's a short turnaround in that feedback cycle basically so and especially with pizza making and bread baking which i've been working on a lot recently figuring out how to accept failure and move beyond it is one of the only ways that I've been able to actually improve and and do that. So there was this thing where I, that I wanted to try to get across in the in the book and in the writing, even though it, we want to set people up for success when we're writing this book and writing this recipe. There's almost a guarantee that your first couple tries or one out of your first like four or five tries is gonna suck. Like you're, it's just gonna suck. You're gonna fail. It's gonna be horrible. The pizza's gonna land on the ground. Whatever it is, it's not gonna work for whatever reason. And the ch- the real recipe to success is to like push through that, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and maybe even share some of our greatest failures to prove <laughs> that we ourselves are not immune to that most important of uh, learning experiences. I definitely have failed a lot. I think that it's important to talk about failure in the small and failure in the large and sort of counterintuitively, actually. um, It might sound frivolous at first if you've never thought about it to talk about failure on the scale of like bread baking if you're trying to cope with failure on the scale of like a business failing or some larger piece of your life failing. But yeah. uh, interestingly, in my experience, you know, one actually prepares you for the other, right? Uh, and that's a kind of a cool thing about um, being a human being that I've uh, been learning as I get older is that, you know, you kind of flex those muscles and learn that that really failure in the large is just kind of like a group of small failures that some that you some you may have dealt with well some you may not have dealt with well and some you may not really have had a choice like and your reaction might not really even matter that much you know <laughs> but uh yeah i think it's a great thing to talk about because definitely uh in the startup world hashtag startup world that we come from um successes you know there's a lot of pressure to succeed there's a lot of hype around success stories no one wants to be a failure story everyone wants to be you know a unicorn and no one wants to be a rhinoceros (laughs) opal asked me my daughter asked me the other day what color unicorn blood was so (laughs) no one wants to be a bleeding unicorn everyone wants to be like a super stoked happy and very rich unicorn a lot of people fail most businesses fail of course right because like you know of course by the measure of like wanting to become a billion dollar giant company that which someone makes a movie about you or whatever um most everyone fails that test right yeah that narrative is constructed um after the fact and that's an important thing to remember and that you know what gets mythologized is success but what you really learn from is is failing other people's failures your own failures um you know nearly missing failures and stuff like that yeah i think i think also like there's a lot of the the mythology of of getting knocked down and getting back up again is part of our definitely American ethos of like how success is built into this idea that there have been challenges quote unquote along the way, you know, 
the hard thing to realize when you're in the midst of it as a person going through whatever failure in the larger failure in the small it's really the hardest thing about it is being aware of of where you are in that timeline basically like when you're failing and when you basically when you fucked something up when you dropped something on the floor when you did something wrong it's really hard at least for me it's really hard and i've i've basically spent the past many years like working on my own uh awareness of this it's really hard to like step out of that and be and realize that one even if you failed it's not the end of the world you can move on and actually moving on is the most important thing and response is the most important thing but also that it when you look back on it and when you see it from the outside it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact or it's not the same you know it's not as trying maybe as as it as it is from the inside you know uh, like when we talk about in the large and the small as an organization or as like a person who's running something or as a person who's responsible for people outside of themselves too often it's hard to have that self-awareness and that's i think one of the reasons i think we've talked about this before too but it's one of the reasons i think that the startup quote-unquote startup world is like has this kind of bad self-fulfilling prophecy of like going through bubbles and bursts and stuff like that because people are so unaware inside of i mean that's kind of the definition of the bubble isn't it like that people are so unaware of like how their actions are not necessarily reflective of of the entire world or even of themselves you know yeah i think there's a fear of failure and that kind of thing uh, definitely propels that. I mean, there are, there are definitely a lot of there are definitely a lot of outside forces at work that uh, impact kind of you know the the way that uh, the kinds of companies we're talking about tend to be constructed. Um, but but I think it's it's more interesting to talk about you know personal things like what totally. what are the what are the when you brought that up, like what what motivated you to um, bring this to bring this topic up? Did you have a specific like catharsis you were <laughs> you were seeking? Or sure, or yeah, actually, I just brought this up because I wanted to to not have to pay my therapist this week and have them RPP. Anytime, anytime. So, but yeah, last week there was a specific instance last week which was very emblematic of a lot of other instances in the past and the way I reacted to it was not new, but definitely was something I'm trying to change, which is basically like I made bagels. Bagels are a long and intensive process in the baking process and something I've been working on for a while, something I've been wanting to improve and something I'm very excited about. And for some reason this time, like every single part of the process just like failed, like something was going on with, I think, I mean, part of it was definitely my mood too. Like I was definitely like trying to work really hard on this, but at the same time there were other disappointing things and other factors going on in my life that I wasn't fully like heads down and involved in the process of doing that. And, you know, they just came out like half baked and and kind of floppy. And there was like a moment there where I almost did the thing that I've done in the past where I almost like took a bagel and like threw it on the floor because I was so frustrated. I was spending a day and a half working on this thing and failing at it. And then I like kind of had to take a deep breath and was like, okay, this isn't a big deal. 
It's just a fucking bagel. Move, move on. Like you can still kind of eat them. And if you can't, whatever you're throwing out, what like a couple hours of work and, you know, $10 worth of, of ingredients at most, you know? And so that was a very different experience. And my wife would attest to from a couple years ago when one of the first times I thought I was, I was getting really cocky about my pizza making and I was like, you know, just winging it. And I like accidentally dropped an entire pizza face first on the bottom of our oven and it caught on fire and set off the smoke alarms (laughs) and all this other stuff in our little tiny Berkeley cottage that we were living in. And that turned me to like, throw the pizza peel against the wall and I ran out of the house like fuming. I was so mad at myself and failing and everything. And looking back on it, it just seems ridiculous, but it it definitely made me realize that, you know, we all like that feeling like we all it's, it's in the moment. It's really hard to realize what we're going through, but the best thing we can do is learn how to react to change and failure and things that aren't the unexpected basically. And that's like a really powerful thing that I'm just trying to remind myself of basically. So I'm glad to have some sort of catharsis on the show to talk about, to talk about this for sure. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've had similar experiences too, right? Um, Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, like I've failed many times uh, trying to bake. I've failed many times at, I've failed many times at, you know, other like bigger important things. I mean, I I can think of um, when I was a teacher, I was really young uh, and I was definitely making all kinds of mistakes. And when I first started teaching, my mom told me something that a lot of other teachers ended up telling me too, which is that it, it takes like 10 years to become a good teacher. Uh, that's what they would tell me, you know, like you're going to basically suck at teaching for like 10 years, right? Or rather, you'll suck for the first couple of years and you won't reach potential for, you know, or really like hit your stride until you're like 10 years in. And that happens maybe within like six years for people that like are naturals. I remember hearing that and like, you know, it, it took a little bit of time to internalize that because it's kind of actually like a shocking fact if you think about it. Like this is like kind of like part of teacher folklore and a lot of students, in other words, will kind of have to suffer while you learn how to teach, right? And that's kind of a really actually hard thing to deal with. Um, And I remember, you know, a couple instances, and this is a kind of a more more like an in the large thing where like, I I kind of seeing patterns of small failures. So I kind of had to adjust big parts of my behavior, you know, to suit that or to react as a reaction to that, you know, the way that I was trying to do things wasn't really working. And I was alienating some people and some some students liked it. And, you know, some students were like complaining about how the how I was trying to teach and I wasn't being attentive enough to certain types of students. And a lot of it came down to not really paying enough attention really to like, feedback and really learning how to read students and talking to as many people as I can could have and put, putting in the time. And, you know, it, it, it's really similar to a lot of like, you know, the kinds of stuff that I run into now. Um, that's definitely a time in my life. It was a while ago now. I think that's one of the first times I really started to like take this whole idea seriously that you're, you have to 
do the wrong thing before you do the right thing. Uh, and you have to kind of get rejected or make mistakes or fail before you can even really define what being successful is in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's definitely like some common themes when it comes to times that I've failed in my life. And a lot of it has to do with similar to what you're saying, like a lack of paying attention, you know, to one, my own reactions to things, my own feelings about things, but also to other people and their emotions and their needs and proclivities and the times I've failed and had to recover have a lot to do with the fact that I was either willfully unaware of something, which means like I could, I was like a little cocky and thought that I was invincible or the other way around. Like I was like, just, I was just completely just so stupid that I was unaware of the things too, or so unexperienced or so just had never, had never had to be aware of something before. And that turned into like me me failing completely at something similarly in a, in the large like the first startup i ever did and we were talking about this recently failed it was myself and and a partner greg gallant who i've remained friends with and is a great guy and has gone on to do awesome things hilariously enough we started a podcast startup 10 years ago to do this podcast advertising thing and we were so convinced that it was going to be successful but for whatever reason there were like a lot of reasons why it didn't end up working um and that failure i learned a ton from but one of the main things were was that we just like i think he and i we assumed too much about what the other one was doing and what their our motivations were and we both were like in the beginning that was like a good thing where we could like work separately i was on the tech side he was kind of the business side but in the long run it ended up hurting us both because i think we just weren't communicating about what the issues were what we were actually trying to solve you know i was so focused on making the tech good and so focused on building something that i was excited about that i didn't really stop to think well maybe we should like reconsider what the actual goals of the business are and like go after that first and maybe i should help participate in that and be aware of that as well i was so convinced that all i needed to do was like be aware of the things that i was doing and not not what everyone else around me was and I think that that was like a major lesson that I learned that has definitely stuck with me for a long time. Yeah, I mean, and that's a big one. I mean, it's definitely easy to convince yourself that all you have to do is be really good at like your your narrow domain and you'll be successful. And, you know, that works sometimes and to an extent and and, and can work if you're like you know, an individual contributor at a company. But if, if, if like starting a thing is something you're trying to do, then I definitely like being aware of everything that's going on is key and hard as hell. You know? <laughs> hard. Yeah. Yeah. Super hard. There are a lot of people who uh, run in the same circles that we do that are very acutely aware of this like phobia of uh, failing and admitting failure. And everyone is, all about, you know, posting bigger profits than the last quarter and this kind of thing and the other kind of thing. And very few companies are willing to embrace even slow growth um, because they feel that that is not enough. And I think that finding sustainable ways to, to do things is really uh, exciting and, and interesting to me. Uh, and I think has a lot of this ethos kind of built into it, you know? But, you know, yeah, 
It's hard not to throw shit on the floor after you fail. That's well, yeah, and the only, the, only th- <laughs> the only way it often comes up in our world, unfortunately, is this idea of, like, the pivot, which is, like, this other mythical thing where it's like, hey, I failed, so we're going to try to do com- something completely different, you know? Which is like, okay, I guess there have been some success stories there, but how often is that, like, a realistic thing to do, you know? Like, it seems like actually the way I've learned and th- or the way I've, like, reached success in like the small in the things that I've done in my life, like gotten better at programming or gotten better at baking or whatever, or cooking has not been to like throw everything out and start over. It's been the opposite. It's been to like, okay, well, how are we going to pick myself up and do this exact same thing again? But like, do it right this time, you know, or, or pay attention this time or whatever the little thing that I, that I can do is. And obviously that might not be easy thing to do for a business as well, but as an individual, like it's kind of, it's the only way I've not the only way, but it's the, it's probably the main way that I've, I've learned how to learn. you know, we've talked, we, we spent a lot of time talking about obsession and like that deep, knowledge and 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 searching for that part of that is that that mentality of actually realizing being aware of your failure and then trying to do better the next time right and in the large for me that's meant like you know finding new opportunities at the end of every part of my career that i've had not necessarily pivoting like yes i do want to open a sandwich shop at some point that's gonna happen but that would be the ultimate pivot but for me but in general like it's been to like take a job that's not that different from the one I've had before, but just, you know, be aware of how I failed in the past and do it better this time. That's hard. I mean, you know, that that's it's something that if you learn it for all the grasshoppers out there, um, if you learn this <laughs> early on in your yeah, career exactly. and look for this around, look for this as a trait in people who you're going to work for and ask them questions about how they deal with failure and if you say the word failure and um, you hear a poofing sound and the person you're talking to, like their suit crumbles to the floor and like a million, <laughs> a million cockroaches like run away, then you, then you know that uh, scarabs, you, a, million you sh- scarabs. Scar- a million scarabs run away, then you know that you shouldn't talk to that person. And also you should try not to inhale that dust <laughs> that dust, comes yeah. up. That's bad stuff. You definitely We can don't. tell you from experience that that's never, wanna, that never ends. Well, if I mean, anyone was going to try to, you know, it's, it's use that recreationally. It's yeah. fun for a couple hours, but yo, ancient Egypt was like kind of hectic though. You don't really want to be there, especially as a Jew, it could get uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it is important to, have a healthy relationship with uh, failure and disappointment and to, and that's the first step. And then, you know, the, the step after that is learning how to really remember that when you're making other decisions, don't be inhibited. You don't need to, it's not about being inhibited by mistakes you've made in the past. I think, you know, um, of course the other side of the coin here is that it, it can, it can get kind of debilitating. You, you don't need to stay up all night, like stacking, stacking your failures or like Arya Stark style, like 
repeating all of your mortal enemies every night before bed but it, it's you know this is all about this that's like the balance of things it's how it works i think any successful chef or musician or uh programmer would tell you that uh the times they've made bad mistakes uh have really been what has has defined them in a sense your failures are what is what are unique to you in a lot of ways uh and your relationship to them uh, is something that can allow you to define yourself and make yourself kind of stand out at times where it's kind of hard to do that. You know, everyone has a story. So <laughs> I would I would also add to the grasshoppers thing, you know, especially as developers are people in the operations field and people in distributed systems, which is people that we hang out with and that we tend to maybe listen to this podcast too. There's like a lot of talk about failure in systems and how we should gracefully degrade and how we should know that failure is going to happen and know that things are going to change and yada, yada, yada. But it's often that we don't take that and apply it to the grander picture, you know? And if you're talking to people and they're they're talking a lot about how, oh, you know, we have redundant this and redundant that, but then can't really explain what the plan is for the company three years from now or the product or whatever, you know, <laughs> that's another you know, scarabs in the, in the, in the coat sign that it's, it's probably not going to work out as well as you hope that need to plan for change and for the unexpected should be something that everyone on the small scale, but on the large scales too, like we live in a crazy (laughs) wild world at a crazy time and who knows what the hell is going to happen tomorrow. So it's like, that's a very (laughs) grim I'm reading too much post-apocalyptic science fiction. I think is what's going on. No, and, uh, I think I think this. You know, <laughs> we encourage everyone to share their stories of times that they've made mistakes and times they failed because honesty and empathy are really important. And sharing those things and telling those stories and having those stories all available alongside the alongside the you know tales of triumph and success are going to uh, allow us to paint a more balanced picture of life and humanity, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and for, for people that make music or, you know, design things or do all these kind, you know, like it, it, it's, it's just, it, it's an aspect of the, it's an aspect of this like sharing culture stuff that, you know, we, we, we do share so much shiny stuff all the time that it's nice to remind everyone that there's this other side of things and sometimes stuff sucks and you have a hard time figuring it out and you want to pick yourself up and learn from it. And it can be hard to be kind of inundated all the time with people's very self-selective view of, you know, with the side of themselves that they share. And, you know, I think if there were healthier ways to share these things, uh, that that would be a good thing. But in the meantime, we can kind of use these platforms that we have to share tales of like times we've fucked up, made bad mistakes, and why we won't do them again. We would love to hear your fuck ups. We are a very, we won't call you out. We won't say that you suck because of it. We'll applaud you for them. Because I think, like Mike said, it's just, it's really important. And the times that I've learned the most myself are the times that I fail myself, but also, learning from other people's mistakes and then being aware of it and then being willing to to tell me why and how they've were able to move past and and 
get through has always been things that I like have have definitely defined myself as a as a person and as a person of the internet I would say um so definitely keep sharing is the is the motto of this this week's episode (laughs) all right people of the internet um Thanks for joining us again uh, for episode 30-something of uh, Beats, Rye, and Types. You know, as we were saying in our growing media conglomerate, Beats, Rye, Types, LLC, incorporated in the state of Maryland, uh, we would like you to help us out by crowdfunding us on Patreon. There'll be a link in the show notes, but we already have four for people helping us out, which is really appreciated. And, you know, we've talked about getting sponsors and selling out, but we would much rather figure out a way to sell our content directly to you and have it be supported by the people who actually care about us and listen to the show every week. Definitely uh, follow us on Twitter slash Beats Ryan Types. Follow us on Facebook. Tell your moms to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beats Ryan Types. And we are in the process of working on the pizza book, as we said, and we're really, really excited about it. And you'll see some updates on the site very soon. So definitely check us out. Cool. All right. Peace. Peace.